Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of cytomegalovirus, or CMV, from the microbiology section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 40-year-old man with a past medical history of HIV presents to the clinic for follow-up. He reports that he has had difficulty swallowing, fevers and chills, nausea, vomiting, and abdominal pain. He reports that he has been compliant with his HIV medications. On physical exam, he has ulcers in his oropharynx. His laboratory tests reveal positive CMV-specific immunoglobulin G but negative heterophile antibodies. He is given an antiviral treatment and is admitted for an endoscopy workup and close monitoring. This is a case of CMV esophagitis. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about CMV. In terms of the classification, CMV or cytomegalovirus or human herpes virus 5 or HHV5 is a linear double-stranded DNA virus. It is the largest virus that causes human infections. Transmission is via body fluids or vertical transmission. In terms of the epidemiology and incidence, CMV is very common. Risk factors include immunosuppression, men who have sex with other men, poor socioeconomic status, working in childcare, and transplant recipients. Transplant recipients are prone to CMV pneumonia. In terms of the pathogenesis, CMV-caused diseases can either result from a primary infection or reactivation of a latent infection. Replication of host cells, including epithelial cells, macrophages, and neurons result in viremia and symptoms from primary infection. Cellular immunity is crucial in clearing the virus. The main associated condition is congenital CMV infection, which involves jaundice, hepatosplenomegaly, thrombotic purpura and petechial rash, hearing loss, in which case CMV is the most common cause of non-hereditary congenital sensory neural deafness, seizures, microcephaly, ventriculomegaly, and intracranial calcifications. In terms of the prognosis, it is often self-limited in immunocompetent patients. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation including symptoms and physical exam findings of cytomegalovirus. Symptoms in immunocompetent patients in most cases are asymptomatic. If symptomatic, CMV infections often result in a mononucleosis syndrome with fevers, myalgias, arthralgias, and cough. Immunocompromised patients can present with esophagitis, which results in linear ulcers versus the punched-out ulcers caused by HSV-1. They also present with colitis, which is actually the most common presentation, encephalitis, hepatitis, pneumonia, retinitis, congenital CMV, and hemolytic anemia. Physical exam findings include fever, cervical lymphadenopathy, hepatosplenomegaly, and maculopapular rash. Let's now discuss the diagnostic studies including labs and histology for diagnosing cytomegalovirus infection. Lab findings include lymphocytosis with atypical lymphocytes, thrombocytopenia, transaminitis, negative heterophile antibody, CMV-specific immunoglobulin M that persists for four to six months, CMV-specific immunoglobulin G that persists for two to three weeks, which indicates an active infection, and viral load that does not distinguish active versus past infection. 
If histology is warranted, it may reveal CMV on immunohistochemistry. The classic presentation on histology is, quote, owl's eye appearance. Making the diagnosis is based on clinical presentation and laboratory studies. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the main differential to consider here would be Epstein-Barr viral mononucleosis or EBV infection. The distinguishing factors here would be CMV mononucleosis often includes more myalgias, arthralgias, and cough than EBV infection. Note that CMV infection also does not typically present with sore throat or lymphadenopathy. Let's now discuss the treatment of CMV infection. In terms of management approach, the mainstay of treatment is supportive care. Conservative supportive care is indicated in all patients, and the main modality of supportive care is hydration. Medical intervention, including antiviral medications, are indicated in immunocompromised patients and patients with severe disease or organ damage. Drugs used to treat these patients are gancyclovir and valgancyclovir. The complications of cytomegalovirus are thrombosis, colitis, and permanent vision changes. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. An 18-year-old male college student presents to the Student Health Center with a week-long history of mild fevers and malaise. He reports symptoms of chills, arthralgias, a hoarse cough, and pain with swallowing. The patient has a recent history of travel to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico three weeks prior to presentation, where he had one episode of gastroenteritis with nausea and vomiting that resolved after 24 hours. His temperature is 101.9 degrees Fahrenheit or 39 degrees Celsius. Pulse is 110 per minute. Respirations are 18 per minute and blood pressure is 125 over 73 millimeters of mercury. On physical examination, the patient has a mild maculopapular rash on his chest and neck. Laboratory tests reveal lymphocytosis, a peripheral blood smear shows an atypical lymphocyte, and negative heterophile antibodies. Which of the following is the most likely causative pathogen of this patient's symptoms? 1. Cytomegalovirus 2. Epstein-Barr virus, 3, influenza virus, 4, norovirus, or 5, para-influenza virus. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1, cytomegalovirus. This patient with symptoms of fevers, arthralgias, and cough with a heterophile negative antibody test most likely has mononucleosis syndrome caused by cytomegalovirus or CMV infection. Remember, cytomegalovirus infection in immunocompetent patients is most commonly asymptomatic, but if symptomatic, often manifests as a mononucleosis syndrome with fevers, myalgias, arthralgias, and cough. CMV disease may result from either a primary infection or reactivation of a latent infection. The mononucleosis syndromes caused by EBV and CMV are similar, but fever and systemic symptoms predominate in CMV infection, and signs of cervical lymphadenopathy and tonsillitis are not as common in CMV as in EBV infection. Laboratory studies will reveal negative heterophile antibody tests in CMV in contrast with EBV. 
an absolute lymphocytosis with more than 10% atypical lymphocytes on peripheral blood smear is seen in mononucleosis due to both CMV and EBV. The mainstay of treatment in immunocompetent patients with mononucleosis syndrome caused by CMV is supportive care as antiviral medications such as gancyclovir or valgancyclovir are indicated for immunocompromised patients or patients with severe disease or organ damage. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2, Epstein-Barr virus, also causes infectious mononucleosis that clinically manifests similarly to mononucleosis due to CMV or HIV infection. Diagnostic testing is thus important to differentiate between viral etiologies with reactive or positive heterophile antibodies being diagnostic of EBV infection. Answer choice 3, influenza virus, is a common cause of seasonal influenza which characteristically presents with abrupt onset of fever, headache, myalgias, and malaise along with respiratory tract symptoms of cough, sore throat, and nasal discharge. Atypical lymphocytes seen on peripheral blood smear in this patient, however, suggests a non-influenza viral diagnosis. Rapid influenza antigen tests are now widely used for the diagnosis of influenza. Answer choice 4, norovirus is the most common cause of viral gastroenteritis which this patient may have had during his travels three weeks prior to presentation. While post-infectious symptoms may include symptoms such as gastrointestinal reflux and constipation, a mononucleosis syndrome weeks after a norovirus infection is uncommon. And finally, answer choice 5, parainfluenza virus can cause respiratory illness in adults with clinical manifestations varying from acute bronchitis to pneumonia. Atypical lymphocytes seen on peripheral blood smear in this patient, however, suggest a non-parainfluenza viral diagnosis with CMV or EBV being more likely. In summary, cytomegalovirus can cause a heterophile negative mononucleosis type syndrome in immunocompetent patients. Next question. A two-month-old infant boy is brought into the clinic for a well-child check. Mom reports a healthy pregnancy with no complications. Though she said the ultrasound technician saw, quote, some white deposits in his brain during a prenatal check, mom was not concerned. The baby was delivered at 38 weeks of gestation during a home birth. When asked if there were any problems with the birthing process, mom denied any difficulties except that, quote, he was small and had these blue dots all over. Physical exam was unremarkable except for the absence of object tracking. What other finding would you expect? 1. Continuous machine-like murmur 2. Hutchinson teeth 3. Limb hypoplasia 4. Sensory neural hearing loss or 5. Skin vesicles And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4. Sensory neural hearing loss the neonate is displaying signs of congenital cytomegalovirus or CMV infection due to probable in utero CMV infection. The most common sequelae of congenital CMV is sensory neural hearing loss as it is detected in one-third to one-half of infants with symptomatic disease. Remember, symptomatic infection of the fetus is more common if the maternal CMV infection occurred during the first trimester. Prenatal ultrasound may pick up signs that are suggestive of fetal CMV infection, including but not limited to periventricular calcifications, which are the, quote, some white deposits in his brain, microcephaly, fetal growth restriction, cerebral ventriculomegaly, etc. 
clinical findings at birth include chorioretinitis, hence the difficulty tracking, jaundice, small size for gestational age, and blueberry muffin rash, which are the, quote, blue dots all over. Sensory neural hearing loss is the most common complication of congenital CMV. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, continuous machine-like murmur, is the characteristic finding of a patent ductus arteriosus. It is most often associated with rubella infection, which includes the symptom triad of cataracts, deafness, and patent ductus arteriosus. Answer choice 2, Hutchinson teeth, is a finding seen in congenital syphilis along with saber shins, sniffling, mulberry molars, saddle nose, rashes within the mouth, genitals, and anus. Answer choice 3, limb hypoplasia, is seen in congenital varicella zoster virus infections. Other abnormalities include skin defects, cortical atrophy, and characteristic ocular abnormalities, for example cataracts and microphthalmia. And finally, answer choice 5, skin vesicles are associated with neonatal herpes simplex virus infection and is usually clustered around the mouth, eyes, and presenting areas of the body or sites of localized trauma, for example the scalp. In summary, symptomatic congenital CMV is the number one cause of non-hereditary sensory neural hearing loss. And that's all for this review about cytomegalovirus. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.